Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We interrupt this program to bring you a special announcement. I'm not wearing any underwear, but that's not the special announcement. I'm speaking from the roof of the broadcast building, New York City. The bells you hear... Oh, shit, I forgot the bell. Uh, ...are ringing to warn the people to evacuate the city as the Martians approach. Estimated... In the last two hours, three million people have moved out along the road to the North Hutchinson River Parkway, still kept open for motor traffic. Avoid bridges to Long Island, hopelessly jammed. And who would want to go to Long Island anyway? All communications with the Jersey Shore closed ten minutes ago. So, no word from Snooky or the situation about the uh, situation. No more defenses. Our army wiped out. Artillery, Air Force, Girl Scouts of America, everything wiped out. Even the safaris wiped out. This may be the last broadcast. <laughs> we'll stay here till the end, for this is truly a war of the worlds. What do you think? Think they bought it? Is that... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, Attack from Space on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Podcast. 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 Hello and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and this is episode 286. We call Attack from Space. space, space, space. <laughs> uh, the films we will be talking about in this episode are about those pesky creatures from another world inv invading Earth. <laughs> Fun fact for you, part of my intro was directly taken from the original Orson Welles radio teleplay. Was that the part where they pinched their nose? I think so. Okay. Uh, that was for authenticity. Oh, right, right. I fooled everybody thinking <laughs> that was a you. real broadcast. They were scared. That aliens have invaded. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, it's about damn time. <laughs> and I apologize. Hey, come on. Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together with a topic and we discuss films within that topic. Now, we're all just friends hanging out, having a good time. So there may be spoilers. Do you ever feel like there's something missing from your life? Then you should become an attacker. An attacker is more than just a fan of the show. You you are now part of the Attack of the Killer podcast family when you become an attacker. If you go to jointheattackers.com and sign up for the tier you wish to donate, you become one of the special elites. That's right, an attacker. And you get all kinds of perks for for be for bringing more Attack of the Killer podcasts into your life. You can get bonus episodes, early access to the regular episodes, our exclusive YouTube shows like Killer Critiques, Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten Lists, video updates. You can get invited to our exclusive events like monthly horror hangouts, watch parties, and our chat called the Attack of the Killer Chat. You can get your own membership card, certificate, and sticker. You can get your own t-shirts and even original art by me called Mikey's Monsters. We offer so much more than a lot of the other podcasts out there that offer with their Patreons. But you know what they say, quality over quantity, right? Mm -hmm. 
Well, the content we the, offer neither. Come on. The content we <laughs> offer does bring the quality as well. But don't just take my word for it. Here is the list of our attackers. Shoutouts. Hey, we got Timothy Lenner. Lennerer, Roman Doppelfeld, Larry Watanabe, Brett Royer, Seth Key, Jessica Irish, Chris Cook, Brian Gunsel, Stefan Sitter, Brandy Moore, Andrew Moeller, Rod Hutchinson, Carmen DeHaig, Abraham Moreno, Jacob Book, Andrew Bentler, Casey Kelderman, Tony Miller, Mike Clayton, Rose Talashoma, Mark Cus, Rude, Abe Kirshner, Lisa Cavalier, <laughs> Holly Berg, Emily Randolph, Bill Fisher. What a list. Woo! This guy's rude. Hey, Mark Us Rude. I breathed in the wrong spot. Leave me alone. What about two you, people? You read it next time, sucker. I will, because I got to give a shout out to Abraham Ariano. That's right. I don't have time to roll my RLs and things. Anyway, thanks everybody. Yes. You guys freaking rule. Thanks for being attackers. And you can join that group of cool people by going to jointheattackers.com and become part of the Killer Podcast family. Do it now. Do it. <laughs> and now it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He learned the truth about how aliens made all those crop circles in the cornfields. They used tractor beams. Jason. Whoa. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you being here. You guys rock. He knows there haven't been any aliens on Earth yet. They, won, they won't even come to the Milky Way because aliens are lactose intolerant. Tad. I appreciate you fitting my um, deformities into the description. Deformities? <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, one of the hosts of the I Like It Spooky podcast. He's an attacker. He and regular obscene phone caller. Oh no, <laughs> there goes Tokyo. Go go Godzilla. That's right, Brian Godzilla. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I thanks think for being I'm a regular. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm a regular inappropriate telephone caller. Like it's yeah. every week. Right? Yes, yep. that's right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That is correct. Well, hey, thanks for being on proper. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me. Anytime. You're welcome. Yeah. What's new over there at the Spooky Boys? Nothing. Just okay. traveling the country. Cool. Just got back okay. from Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, what's up there? Just got back from Michigan. I'm going back from Michigan. Uh, we went and did uh, in the Clint's neck of the woods, and we did... Uh, Oh, God, I can't even remember the Motor name of the convention. There's so many we're going to. Yeah, Motor City Legacy we did. And uh, in June, I'm going back for Motor City Nightmares. So, what a... Cool. Is there Motor City Flashback? I think that's our WCW event back in the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's just a lot of Motor City. Yeah, everything's Motor City up there. Yeah. Because they built cars in the fast. Uh, yeah. We, uh, I joke because we also just got back from a wedding in Missouri. And we go to Hannibal. And I said to Tiffany, I said, everything is named after Mark Twain. Did anybody else ever <laughs> fucking die in this town? <laughs> it's like when you go to Detroit, everything's Ford. Ford. What road are we on? Ford Road. And you take a left on East Ford Road. And then you go past Ford Field. And then I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> It was nice there, though. It's nice and quiet. The convention was nice. They had uh, some 
cool guests that are, were making their like a f- first appearance. Mm. Um, like the people from Psycho Goreman were there. Oh, cool. uh, Mimi nice. and the guy that played Psycho Goreman. So, Very cool. They had uh, the little girl, Rhonda, from Trick or Treat was there. It was her first appearance, I think. Aww. She's probably like 40 now. Yeah. Probably, he's already <laughs> old. Yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. Sounds great. And welcome back to the show. So tonight, we're going to be talking about horror movies, about aliens invading Earth. But I bet you're wondering, what else have we been watching lately? Here's Tad with What We Watched. What We Watched. You had me for a second there with that segue. I was like, oh, are we skipping over? Okay, <laughs> I, cool. I right know. to the movies. Got him. I know Jason gave me a look, too, and I'm just like, oh, nice. No, you're a professional. You got you got us. So, uh, Mike, I guess I'll go to you first. What have you watched? Okay, it doesn't feel like I've gotten uh, too much watched lately, but I will start off with probably the most important one. Uh, Barry Season 4 has started Woo! up. It's three episodes in now, and it's freaking awesome. Uh, you know, if uh, those of you out there who have not seen Barry, it's on HBO Max. Uh, it's the Bill Hader show uh, where he plays like this ex-military guy who um, be, who is a uh, a hired hitman, um, but is kind of sick of that life and decides he wants to be an actor. He starts taking acting lessons and from the Fonz and yeah, from from Henry Winkler and it's freaking awesome. But so yeah, good. cast alone is great. You know, Bill Hader, love him. Henry Winkler, this is the best thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from somebody who grew up being a huge Happy Days fan. Uh, Steven Root, it's one of the one of the best things he's done. But my favorite character in it is um, from the actor <laughs> Anthony uh, Kerrigan. Uh, Noho Hank. Oh, he is so freaking funny. He is so funny, yeah. but like, and you just kind of love him because even when he's at his like Worst, most he's evil, still... he's still just like Aww. happy and, little buddy. and cute and yeah, <laughs> little buddy. <laughs> Um, spoiler alert for episode three. Jesus, come on. I, I, I can't help it because I was floored. Um, Guillermo del Toro plays a character in it. Hmm. You never see him act. No. So that was freaking cool. I won't tell you anything more about it. I just thought that was awesome. He showed up, but season, season four is off to a great start and it's just, just keeps getting getting darker and darker down that like rabbit hole of like how is he going to get out of this and i question if he is uh if he is going to get out of it considering they have openly said that this is the last season mm-hmm. so uh feels like uh nobody's safe when it comes to this show but anyway that's the big one i watched i i kind of uh started uh you know filling some some gaps in my movie watching from over the years um, a big gap in Italian cannibal films was the movie uh, Cannibal Apocalypse, also known as Cannibals in the Street. Uh, had never seen that before, so I broke down and watched that. Uh, Why do all cannibal and zombie movies have 19 goddamn titles? <laughs> it's like all just all Italian, Italian. horror movies right. in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just you know, different markets and and you know, and back in those days, they could they would release a movie. And it did okay, so then they would just retitle it and release it again. Right. So, 
Yeah, that was a common thing. Uh, anyway, but this one has John Saxon in the lead, so uh, super awesome. Um, it's also got uh, probably one of my favorite Italian horror movie actors. Uh, uh, I'm going to slaughter the name, but Gorvini Lombardo uh, Radici. Uh, he was in Edge of the Park, City of the Living Dead, The Church, Cannibal Ferox, Stage Fright. Uh, and this Are was those like, all titles for one movie? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so he's and he's so he's worked with a lot of the greats, Fulci, uh, you know, Michelle Silva, and um, yeah. And so he's awesome every time I see him in something. And I think this was his first film he did too, so that was pretty cool. But the movie um, is about these mentally unstable uh, Vietnam vets. Uh, who were held captive uh, by the Viet Cong, and they come back to America after being rescued, um, but they are carrying a dangerous virus that turns people into cannibals when bitten. So it's like, okay, we want to do a cannibal movie, um, but I, but we want to do a zombie movie. Let's make cannibalism a disease that is spread by bites. So Nice. Yeah. Best of both. Yeah. And it, it's it's interesting because usually those Italian horror films are completely overdubbed. They there's no they don't record sound, but this one has a mix. There's like some actors that are completely overdubbed, and then you get like you know people like John Saxon who is clearly speaking English on the original audio track of the film. So I don't know. I was trying to do research, but I totally ran out of time and couldn't find anything about that process i just thought it was interesting you know audio wise it's not doesn't come across as your typical um italian horror film from that era uh and then another one that i've never seen before i finally broke down a watch i watched midnight run from 1988 cool. with robert de niro and Char uh, charles uh, groden um it's directed by martin um is it Breest? i think is how you say it scorsese yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy who directed Beverly Hills Cop, Sent Sent of the Woman, uh, Meet Joe Black, <laughs> and then ruined his career by making Geely. So, um, well, quite literally, he hasn't made a movie yep. since that one. Uh, so, yeah, and it was it was pretty cool. Not what I was expecting at all. It's definitely more of like I went uh, like a a buddy road trip comedy in a sense. But basically, uh, De Niro is this Bonnie Hunter. Um, who uh, is taking this the a former mafia accountant um, to California for tr for this trial against uh, his old mob boss, and they are being chased by a rival bounty hunter, the FBI, and the old um, mob boss. So this old story, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and it, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, De Niro, as always, is amazing in it, and uh, and. You know, Charles Grodin's sometimes kind of hit and miss with me. Um, and he, he, for most of the film, he felt really two-dimensional. Uh, it, it didn't really didn't get a feel for his character more towards the end. He just seemed a little flat, but but still good. Still good. But anyway, that's uh, what I watched. Excellent. Jason, what have you watched? I finished up season three of Mandalorian. That was Sweet. awesome. That's completely out now, all the whole season. Yep. Oh, okay. This last week was the last episode. 
So what starts next? Because I know Disney doesn't take a week off. No, they do what, not. What Star uh, Wars series starts back up now? Ahsoka is coming soon. It's the next what's, series. What's that one? Uh, Ahsoka is the one with Rosario Dawson, that character with the the big blues. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. The tentacle she, hair things. Mm-hmm. She. So I think, yeah, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a trailer out now for it, and it looks amazing. So cinematic and beautiful like most star wars things she made an appearance and she made an appearance last season a mandalorian to help when when luke was training oh yeah yeah. okay but uh um who's luke all right so (laughs) let's see and then i joked at the end of uh the last episode but uh, uh i really did watch the horde this time oh boy for i was uh a watch party for the attackers. Oh yeah. yeah. Thanks, Emily. Thanks a lot, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been pretty rough because I, mean, well, I noticed your disclaimer in the <laughs> chat for any future watch parties. Well, I will say th- I yeah. will say that um in her defense, this is the kind of movie we exactly. done. Yeah. Exactly. No, she she did right by picking a terrible movie. So it was so easy to riff on. It was definitely Oh, it was, was. just bad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this like Arnold wannabe, or I wouldn't even say Arnold. Like, uh, who would you say? What's the guy from uh, Scott Atkins wannabe? Like, wrote and directed him, and he's the lead in this movie where he just kills a bunch, like rips out a bunch of throats and shit. It's really so it's ridiculous action film where he's just the ba- badass <laughs> of badasses and all these untouchable does his own stunts and mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> buddy. And then it's uh, you know anchored by the legend Bill Mosley. <laughs> playing a bartender in two scenes sucks in that too well i mean yes in two scenes and uh it's bad uh yeah i know that warning in the chat i've been wanting to do that for a while but this this the scene in this definitely uh made that happen but uh the horde from 2016 that yeah so there's lots of different the hordes and hordes this is the 2016 by jared cohen don't watch it um then I watched a couple uh, comic book movies. Shazam! Ooh. Fury of the Gods. Oh. Loved it. Is it good? I Here's, was a little no. nervous. Oh. Yes. No, yes. <laughs> no, yes. Yes. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hi, guys, here's a little therapy session. Um, <laughs> get comfortable. Um so the good parts of this movie is great. All the you know, all the superhero stuff's awesome. The the storyline even though I don't, I don't like it. It works and it's good. Uh, um, it's cool. I don't know that I could have ever imagined uh, Helen Mirren as a bad action person. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. It's great. It's cool. It's good. But, but. so like I. I had a hard my uh, my hard time with this movie is not the same as everyone else's. I'm sure mm. it seems like the internet is just across the board, just f- trying to flush this thing away. Yeah. Um. But no, I think if you like the last Shazam at all, it's still that great. See, I love the first yeah, one. It's still that good. The things I didn't like about it was just it's just me getting old. I think. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm finally admitting it. I mean, I'm not, you know, Mike old, but I'm old, getting old. But and I'm like, not, I'm not get off my lawn as, like you are. 
There's just scenes in this movie, and I, I can tell it's happening over a, a while now of all the movies we've been watching, but this one, uh, I definitely noticed it where, like, um, people would just be killed, and, like, it just bothered me, bothers me now more than, you know, it used to. I, I don't, but... Yeah, well... It's just just watching somebody get killed for no reason. That's part of it. No, it's uh, really sad and not. It made me not like it at all. Are you talking about like characters within the story or or like background fodder? Both. Okay. I mean, yeah, it starts with characters. Definitely, that's where it's. It definitely has become a problem for me to watch anyone that I like at all not make it to the end. It makes me makes it hard. Just I'm sensitive, you know. I'm a sensitive guy. Uh-huh. But in this one, I'm like, I found myself getting sad that even just back. I'm like, oh, they just knocked. They just threw that car, and it landed on somebody, and they're dead. I mean, they they're just murdering people left and right. <coughs> In this comedy superhero movie, and I'm like, that's not, that's not cool at all. Mm. And so, emotionally, I had a hard time with this movie. But interesting, I'm gonna yeah. have to watch it just to see what level I, you're at with that kind of violence. I mean, they well, and then yeah, they even a minor character they introduce, they give him a you know some lines. He's a character actor that we love and comedian we love, and they just. And they just he just dies because it's and it's just like is it because of the genre or are you really getting that? It's sensitive? all things. It's all movies. Really? So yeah. can you? It's not... this is a superhero comedy movie. That, see, that's <laughs> what I'm, that's why I'm asking because I get that. I get that, right. and I I feel like you know superhero comic book movies have gotten too extreme in that angle. I agree with that, um, uh, but. Like, does that mean you can't ever go back and watch a Friday Thirteenth movie again, or that, that, that I'm just determining know. the line here? I don't know. I think part of it was just when it's senseless. That definitely makes it harder. Actually, I think I know where you're. I think I know what you're saying. You know, I, I get mad at the movie. From, I'm like, oh, you didn't have to. You don't have to kill these people. You know, if it serves the story, then maybe that's better. Okay. I guess we'll see. Or. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out what the movies we talk I about. I guess. We'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll get we'll dig deeper on the next therapy session. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that was the first one. Yeah. If if you like the last one, you'll like this one. It's good and funny. Um, and then I also watched Quantum Mania, Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, another current superhero movie that's been <laughs> shit on. I know. Uh, and well. Paul Rudd's awesome. They always stepped on an ant, so Jason hates it. Yeah. Okay. Well, mocking me isn't gonna isn't gonna help. Me. Love you, buddy. I know. That's uh, part of our therapy. Yeah. Uh, I feel okay. So I didn't. I hardly even read reviews of shit anymore because everybody hates everything now. But yeah, I I feel like one of the things that got through was that really this is a movie in front of a green screen. Yeah. And yeah. and it kind of is. I Probably. mean, it it 
It really is. Well, I mean, they're in the quantum realm, I guess. Right, for the majority of the movie. So if you can just get the fuck over that, they like more than any, they just had, it's clear they had a blast coming up with creatures Hmm. and aliens and weird things that count as a creature and <laughs> and just uh yeah it 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 walked a line of like is this just a editing experiment you know or or is or is this creative you know like and it's mostly creative you know but then then on top of that I'm fighting against not liking any time travel movie ever because I hate time travel stuff. Yeah. You Is know, this time so, travel? well, it's, uh, yeah, it's Ant Man. It's always, there's multiverse stuff. It's excuses well, galore, you know, okay. in these movies. So it's just, it's just complicated. But it was pretty. And, <laughs> and Paul Rudd is awesome. And so I, you know, I did, and all the actors were great. And Michelle Pfeiffer was, Fucking hot and awesome in this. She like kicked ass, even though I'm sure it was a stunt woman, but <laughs> in some of it, but man, she just kicked butt. I thought she was awesome in it. But um and yeah, setting up the new bad guy. It's hard to come it's hard to after Thanos, you know, what do you do? Well, if you have issues with the multi universes and time travel and that kind of <laughs> stuff, then you're gonna just hate this bad guy. Yeah, no, I I yeah I definitely they've told me enough. Um, yet I like Doctor Strange. I, I like all those movies, but I can deal with those. Yeah. But anyway, oh Lord, shut up, Jason. Hey, that's what I watched. Some superhero stuff. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Well, that brings us to you, Mister Godzilla. What have you watched recently? No, I didn't watch any superhero stuff. That's for sure. Thank you, God. But uh, I did, uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, was like, I need something to watch. So I turned on Tubi, and I'm like, yeah, Reform School Girls. That looks fun. <laughs> so I put that on. Sweet. And it's uh, it's Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Is uh, I think that's the actress that it is. She's pretty much the nurse or mother for this Reform School, this um part of the reform school they all you know all the girls get separated and she's got a headmaster that's over her and they're they're bad people they beat the girls and they take their food away and they you know they there's one group that's um like branding girls to get them to come into their be part of their gang um and it was it's just a fun 80s i don't even know if it's fun i mean it's one of those 80s girls in a shower, girls in a reform school, but they're, you know, prison kind of movies. This sounds fun to me and then so the far. Next, <laughs> then the next movie that was on after that was Death Race 2000. Oh, yes. Um, the Sylvester Stallone one, though, you know, the one from the uh, 70s, late 70s. And mm-hmm. uh, it's got Robert Carradine and some other actors and actresses in it, but it's a... I gather it's set in the future, which by future I mean is like last week, and uh, (laughs) the government's in control, and uh, they have this death race where four racers and they're 
Um, it's kind of like Cannonball Run, but you just you get points for killing people. Why anybody would be out of their house while this is going on is beyond me. But like random people just be outside, like there's a kid, you know, doing hopscotch, so they run him over. And I, <laughs> this is like Jason's worst <laughs> like nightmare <there's>, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like people messing around on a with a banner, and they like knock the one guy off off the ladder, and he falls. And his friend climbs down into the manhole, and they run the guy over. And the, the friends look up, and the car comes back and like smashes their brains in the man <laughs> manhole. But uh, my, it's, fa my it's favorite about is the government like, and all that. My favorite is like the nurses wheeling all the um, all the old people into the park, into the street, yeah, and the so wheelchairs they and stuff, <laughs> so like sacrificing the old people. But I think doesn't he go around and like run oh, all yeah, the he, nurses and doctors he runs over the nurses instead? Over instead, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the yearly. Uh, they do it every year. It's like the hospice cleansing. You know, they like get rid of half the old people, so they can have new old people come in for next year. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they end up Robert Carradine and this girl that he's with, who's like his co-pilot. She's supposed to kill him, but I I guess they fall in love, and yeah, it's. It was weird, but it was fun. And, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone's just, like, slapping his girlfriend or his wife the whole movie and, like, punching her. He's, like, the... You just can't wait for him to die, his character. Um, and then the next movie that was on was Rollerball. Nice. Yeah, no, I got about... Marathon. Yeah. yeah, I got about an hour and a half in the Rollerball, and it was, like, 3.30 in the morning. So I was like, okay, this is... I got to turn this off, and I finished it, yeah. <laughs> yesterday so again another you know set in the future the government's telling people how to live and um the i can't even remember is it james con who's the head uh, actor in that movie yeah i think, I think so. so yeah yeah and uh he's he's kind of like the michael jordan of rollerball he's just so good and so popular that he's becoming more popular than the government so the government's trying to get him to retire. They, you know, take all the rules away from Rollerball. They take his wife away. They give him another wife. He doesn't like her. They give him another wife. He doesn't like her. He wants his old wife back. And uh, I hate when they, happens. like, paralyze his best friend. You know, they take all the rules from Rollerball away, trying to get him to retire. Um, but at the end of the movie, he wins Rollerball. And then the movie finishes. So I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> like maybe he's still skating around the fucking rink, just chanting his name. I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, Silent Rage with Chuck Norris. Yeah, I love that one. And then we did... Uh, I love it, too. We uh, One of my co-hosts on the I Like It Spooky Horror podcast is a huge Halloween fan. And I was like, this movie's better than fucking Halloween 1. Halloween <laughs> oh, 1's boring. Oh, wow. I was like, this movie's better. Okay, I was that, like, this would be a great double feature with much. Halloween 2. But uh, I was just busting his balls because he's like, <laughs> I didn't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then I watched The Hero and the Terror, which is another Chuck Norris movie that was worse than Silent Rage. I enjoy Silent Rage. I didn't really care for Hero and the Terror. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but it's... Mm -hmm. you know, Pretty much Chuck Norris is a cop, and there's a serial killer that's, you know, attacking and killing women in Los Angeles, 
And at the beginning of the movie, they're fighting, and Chuck Norris goes to climb up a ladder. The serial killer goes after him. He slips and falls and knocks himself out. So Chuck Norris is this hero, even though he really didn't do anything. Um, so the serial killer escapes, and he takes refuge in an old theater that the city had been um, remodeling. And he's continuing to you know, kill people and find people to take back to the theater. And Chuck Norris finally figures it out. And they fight to the death in an Ooh. old theater. Well, it's been remodeled, but yeah. But just, I don't know, it just wasn't as fun as uh, Silent Rage. And then I watched awesome. Joe Bob, but I can leave that for Tad. Because <laughs> I feel like Tad made it later <clears throat> in the show than I did. Because I was in Missouri <laughs> on my phone. Because I took my Roku, but I got I took the power cord. But I forgot the fucking Roku part. And I'm like trying to plug it in. I'm like, uh, where does this go in the TV? Oh, <laughs> Tiffany's oh like, goodness. you forgot the Roku part. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. So I was watching. <laughs> so I'm watching Joe Bob on my phone going back and forth between the show and, and the chat. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah just like I, I've seen both of the movies that he showed. So that was, it was fine. I did by the record the, the, um, that they put out from ship to shore so I can listen to the music anytime. Of course you did. Yeah. But I think that's did. all I watched. Awesome. What have you watched? Well, nice Dad? nice segue. Uh, yeah. a true podcast pro. I also watched The Last Drive In Friday. Uh, it was awesome cuz Joe Bob did a uh, late night talk show sort of theme uh, as a season opener. A lot of people really hated it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Because uh, I know it's just one episode, and I love when Joe Bob does weird things like his uh, Christmas uh, auctions, and I, I like the ep the weird episodes out in the woods, and I, I like when he switches it up. People get so riled up over change. It's like it's we have just be grateful that we have Joe Bob, but I just love that they're trying new things. He had about 20 rotating guests. It was crazy. He had guests that had nothing to do with the movies and never mentioned the movies, and it was just in and out and it was, it was sort of a whirlwind, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, he showed zombie, AKA zombie two, AKA zombie flesh eaters, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Fulci zombie. And, uh, I've seen that a million times, but it's still awesome to hear him mm -hmm. talk about it. Uh, he had Fabio Frizzi in his band as the house band, which was freaking awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. That was probably my favorite part. It hit yeah, when, and, here. Fabio coming over and talking was awesome because he loved it's crazy to think like he must have been in his early 20s when he did score those movies because he's still like spry and young yeah. I mean mm -hmm. not young but like still there with it you know oh yeah still killing it he was far more energetic than uh I forget the actor's name that was interviewed before him <laughs> yeah that was in zombie yeah yeah yeah, Almost he clearly like he didn't want to even be there but but yeah. I think that's like a British thing yeah I, you know, yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, that was a lot of fun. Then he did uh, The Beyond, which is my favorite Fulci film right Me after. Too. So I loved that. And it, like I said, there was a crazy uh, list of rotating guests. Uh, my favorite was Bobcat Goldthwait. He did a short little stand-up <laughs> set. And he even yeah. uh, he roasted uh, Fabio Frizzi, which was fucking hilarious. Like because he had no idea what what the hell was going on he just smiled <laughs> which is just so funny um 
but I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then I watched two movies. I haven't really watched a whole lot of stuff, but I went to the theater twice since we last recorded. I saw uh, the new Nicolas Cage film, Renfeld. No one else saw that yet? Nope. No, you could... No. Why the How box was it? This is the way it was. It was awesome. Um, I, no. Without spoiling too much, uh, this movie is like canon in the Dracula universe. Um, Say what? Yeah, like they deep fake Nick Cage into the original Dracula guys, black and white, like Universal <laughs> Monsters Dracula. Cool. Uh, so this is the same Dracula that Lugosi played, um, technically. Uh, but it was so much fun. It was like, it had the fun. I mean, Jason might not like it because they kill a bunch of people, and but it's like itchy and scratchy, Kill Bill style blood everywhere. Um, Nick Cage is hamming it up, loving do, playing Dracula. You can tell uh, he's never had more fun. And uh, it was it made me laugh a lot. Uh, it had sort of a side story that wasn't necessary with Aquafina, but uh, it was fun. And then uh, I watched the other big one that came out, Evil Dead Rise. I can't believe you guys haven't seen this yet. Yeah, not yet. No. Got so? Going to see it this weekend. Okay. I will not spoil anything for this because it just came out. Even though you're going to be listening to this, I'm sure you've seen it by then. It might even be fucking streaming by the time you hear this episode. <laughs> I, th- I think it, it hit streaming May 9th already, guys. So, uh wow. But this movie fucking rules. I can't believe they were just going to throw this on HBO Max. Like, God, what they dodged a bullet by testing it with audiences first and, and decided to go theatrical because the sound design was awesome. The cinematography, this did not feel cheap to me. This did not feel, I'm not saying all streamers are cheap, but it did not feel like a, a video that or a movie that you need to watch at home. Like, this felt like theatrical. I loved it. This, I mean, this sort of cements. Evil Dead is like the most solid, consistent horror franchise now. I mean, not a bad entry. It's hard to uh, argue. So Sweet. It, from the very beginning to the very end, balls to the wall. It did some new stuff, which was really cool. Kept the original sort of feel. Uh, not a lot of humor to it, so very much in line to the 2013 movie where it was just mean and brutal. Um, but they introduce some new stuff and i loved how they introduced the uh the deadites um this is maybe the first time i really really cared about the characters in an evil dead movie what yeah like they really set it up so that when bad shit starts happening you really feel for them um but i highly recommend checking that out Luckily, it did fan. It, it over uh, performed at the box office from predictions. It did the opposite of Renfeld. So uh, clearly, people want more of this, and it sort of sets it up for a sequel. So I think we're not going to have to wait ten more years for another one. I think <laughs> Raimi and uh, Campbell are ready to get the ball rolling and push out some more films real fast. So uh, let's get it going. I'm ready for more Evil Dead, and that's what I watched. Excellent. All right. So now it's time to get into our topic. Uh, Some creepy, creepy aliens going on here. So, Tad, what is the first movie we're going to talk about tonight? Our first movie is The Deadly Spawn. (laughs) 
First, there was the invasion of the body snatchers. Then there was Alien. Now there is the deadly spawn. It began with a meteor crashing to Earth. No one knew the mystery of the mutant spores it contained. Now, they are free. They will grow and reproduce rapidly, eating anything and anyone in their path. something. The deadly spawn. The nightmare is just beginning. Hi. What do you do when unknown terror surrounds you? What do you do when there is no escape? Nowhere to hide from being eaten alive. Deadly spawn. They just keep multiplying like demon seed. The deadly spawn. Extraterrestrial terror. They're full of surprises. And the best is yet to come. Let it go! Let it go! There's no such thing! Anything stop these strange creatures. The movie real science fiction fans have been waiting for. The Deadly Spawn want you to see them at this theater soon. They need every person they can get. New from 21st Century Distribution. Rated R. What was that movie called? I couldn't... I can't remember. Oh, yeah. He said it in every line. Yeah. The, the deadly spawn. They came to Earth to feed on human flesh. Um, when a meteorite touches down in the New Jersey woods carrying a monstrous alien slug, it's up to four teens to stop it before its terrifying brood consumes all life on Earth. Uh, what a description for a very low-budget sort of <laughs> DIY movie, but, man, it's fun. Uh, you can tell they a lot of love went into this movie mm-hmm. for you know I mean these creatures they're even Amazing. if you've never seen this movie yeah if you've never seen this movie you know these creatures from something because uh, they just have very distinct look they're awesome penis monsters uh, yeah well <laughs> intestine monsters penis monsters whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them the the fucking teeth are awesome the Fuck designs yeah. on these for having zero budget is fucking awesome uh, it's so much fun just. It's it's D it's it's very like I said it's low budget uh, guerrilla filmmaking at its best. Uh, a bunch of people who probably never had experience don't know what they're doing, but they sure as hell made some cool monsters. Let's make a movie. Uh, it's short and sweet to the point. I had a fun with it. I hope you guys did too. I'm sure Mike's seen this more times than he's uh, a billion you know. times. This is yeah. This is one of my faves, man. I wanted to get this movie on the show at some point and this is basically why the topic happened um i love it love it love it yeah extremely low budget uh imdb says it was twenty five thousand dollars i um wonder if it was even that much to be honest right like they had a minimum you could enter 
<laughs> yeah, <that>. yeah. <laughs> definitely rounded way way up yep, uh, yep. <laughs> uh because i mean you know to watch this film you know it's definitely got it's 83 but it's definitely got like a, a 70s feel and aesthetic to it um i think it looks like it was maybe shot on 16 maybe i don't it, know i didn't look that part just up. tad talking about evil dead it's just got like that yeah early 80s Late yeah, 70s, awesome, cheap. Yeah, it, all sound recorded with a boom mic, um, so very uh, roomy uh, sound quality. Um, not high quality actors that you would that you've ever seen. You know, there's nobody in this movie that you would know, and uh, you know some pretty stilted performances. But man, when those when those creatures show up. It's awesome. Some cool gore, but just in always been in awe of the puppetry of these creatures from all shapes and sizes. I mean, there's one, there's the main one that's in the basement that is like the size of the basement practically. It's like huge, but then you get little tiny ones that'll fit in like a food processor or, you know, <laughs> coming up from the drains. Um, so of all shapes and sizes, and all of them look and move great it's uh, utterly amazing uh um but i feel like i kind of feel like not only does this film have like a 70s exploitation look and feel to it but it also has like some 1950s touches to it in tribute to like classic um alien invasion type movies um all the way down to the soundtrack you get a lot of cool theremin in the soundtrack you can feel the inspiration from those 50 sci-fi absolutely so love 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 this movie uh the most impressive shot for me is the really cool not to be spoilery here so i'll keep it vague but the really cool force perspective final shot of the movie mm-hmm. which i think is like a it's just a, a good a good one-two punch right there at the end a good punchline to the whole movie right there but and, uh, i will say i feel sort of bad because it's like you feel like if you like this, you should like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. No, nope. <laughs> but also I think it's the humor in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is what is killing it for me because it's like why why do I like this but I didn't like that? It's pacing too. I mean, this movie once it once it goes, it goes and doesn't doesn't let up. Where being a big Killer Tomatoes fan, I can admit that the pacing is is off in that film. Yeah, there's a couple scenes in this where the pacing's not good, like the eggs and the breakfast in that yeah. morning, and or like a biology like lesson from that one girl. But yeah, I mean the aliens show up immediately. Yep, and it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Console, is this your first time? No, I've seen this maybe two or three times before the hell yeah watching it this time, and uh, I always feel like it's one of those movies that. Someone wanted to make a movie. They got a hold of all of their friends. They called so and so's grandma because it looks like somebody's grandma's yep, house. Yep. Like yep. you know, and a oh, I got a whole bunch of Halloween and horror themed collectibles. Let's all bring those over. We'll put them in the, one of the bedrooms. Yep. That'll be you know the kids' bedroom. Um, you know, we're in high school, so we have books and all that stuff. And a uh, grandma like made them all dinner, so they didn't have to pay like the crew to feed them. You know, they filmed the camping part in the background at night. Um, 
in the end. You know, there's so many like parts of this movie that remind me of like older movies, like the end where they all come in and they're killing all the creatures. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is like nightmare or a uh, return of living dead or night of living dead, not return of living, yeah, dead. Night of living dead. And yeah. then, you know, the end, like you were talking about the force perspective is like the old black and white ant movies or, you know, giant ants or giant spiders or whatever kind of reminds me of that kind of stuff. But like you said, just a, feels like a passion project that these people made this movie because they wanted to make a movie and they have a love for film and it just kind of took off i mean twenty five thousand was probably all to special effects 100 percent to special effects yeah yeah this movie has way has no right to be this dang good (laughs) like you said yeah terrible actors acting locations art direction is awful it's just friends on the weekend Really, but my goodness, it just is greater than the sum of its parts, and it's motivated all by those effects. That monster is incredible. Yep, sound love de- this movie, man. Sound design of the creatures are cool. Again, yeah. I really like the score a lot. Yep, yeah. I think Tad said penis monster. Yeah, it was Tad. Jason. Yeah, it was, Tad. Yeah, no, it was Jason. Who, whoever. All the time. If your penis looks like that, you need an antibiotic. Oh. Yep. You need medication. <laughs> like, you need to have somebody look well, at that. Someone had to say it without Andy here, so. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great movie. I first saw this back in the VHS days, and I own the original VHS that I rented back in the day. When the video store closed down, that was like the first thing I bought off of their the shelves. Aliens Returns. Yes, and it's a big box from, I think, Continental Video under the title Return of the Aliens Deadly Spawn. Trying which, to capitalize on the alien movies. Yeah, they they tried to tie it into um, to Alien to capitalize on that. But it's just a, such a gorgeously gross red cover, like covered in blood, and you just get... A big shot, and not an artist rendering either, a, an actual photo uh, uh, picture of the creature right on the cover. Love that box so much. Anyway, uh, Tad, what trivia do you have for Deadly Spawn? Well, I, th- I didn't know if you just had some stuff, because uh, <laughs> I, I didn't want to step on your toes. Uh, you just, I mean, what do you have? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm on the spot now. Uh I, mean, well, I can I can go ahead. Gene Simmons of Kiss currently oh, owns right. a prop severed head of the kid's mother. Yeah, uh, Tim Sullivan <laughs> gave it to him when he interviewed Simmons for Fangoria, uh, which is not fair. Right. Yeah, right. No, no kidding. Me, I'd love to have one of those creatures. No matter what, which, which version, I'd take one of the little slug ones. Well, you better start a really shitty band. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's true. Uh, there's an unofficial sequel, Metamorphosis, The Alien oh, Factor. Yeah. Have you seen that, Mike? I, back in the day when I learned it was supposed to be a sequel, I don't remember a thing about it, but it, it, 
if my memory serves me, I didn't like it. I don't even know if I finished watching it the first time. It's because it didn't really feel connected, really. Well, it's it's not what basically they pulled an Italian type thing, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, and in parts of Asia, they just decided to call it the Deadly Spawn 2, the Metamorphosis, uh, mm. just to sort of capitalize on a movie that, for some reason, I mean, it's not like it was a huge thing anyway, so I don't know what... It's not like Zombie 2 where they're like, you know, Dawn of the Dead was huge. Let's say this is a sequel. Yep. Uh, the Mother Spawn was created in the basement of effects artist John Dodds. However, no one took the creature's size into consideration. <laughs> so when they had to have it on set, they had to cut off one of the creature's heads to get it through a doorway and reassemble Aww. it on set. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah. Uh, the effects of the mini spawn slithering across the floor in the basement was achieved by cutting an S wriggle into the floor and pulling the, the spawns across the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those ones that wiggle around, slithering through the water in the basement, just they look real, man. They look like, yeah. you know, it's like Killer Shrews where they just put like uh, uh, creature costumes on, on dogs. It looks like they took real like worms and slugs and put... And, and put a costume on it because they just move so lifelike in that in the water of the basement. Yeah, the only other thing I saw that I thought was interesting was uh, this was almost picked up for a theatrical release by Paramount. Wow. What would have changed? Yeah, what would have changed if that would have happened? Who knows? It could have just flopped or it could have been a huge thing, but wow. seems a, more uh, of a trauma type. Uh, release but yep. <laughs> no that's that's unfair to it it's good so it wouldn't be but Troma wouldn't pick it up <laughs> Troma Troma has a few good good stuff in their acquisitions you know in their acquisitions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and one that they made maybe <laughs> that's it we're doing a Troma episode oh damn it Ted yay Troma rules <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Tad, for for trivia. It's time to move on to our next film. Jason, what is that? Oh, it's this little film from 1951 called The Thing from Another World. That thing's alive, sir. I saw it. I shot it. I hit it. I know it. Nothing happened. It just kept coming at me, making a noise like I can't do it. Captain, it was awful. You could have seen those hands and those eyes. Captain, you've got to do something about it. You've got Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly? Baffling questions, astounding questions that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? A being from another world as different from us as one pole from the other. If we can only communicate with it. See? In the greenhouse I was working, I couldn't see. Yeah. Then, then a blast of cold air and I heard Olsen scream. Come here. Get in the corner. Now hold this in front of you. Stay by the light switch. 1.9. Needles hit the top.
scientist Dr. Carrington reports a UFO near his North Pole research base, the Air Force sends in a team under Captain Patrick Hendry to investigate. What they find is a wrecked spaceship and a humanoid creature frozen in the ice. They bring their discovery back to the base, but Carrington and Hendry disagree over what to do with it. Meanwhile, the creature is accidentally thawed and begins wreaking havoc. Directed by Christian Naibi. Distributed RKO Pictures. $1.95 million box office. That's pretty good for yeah. 1951. Yeah. It's like a Marvel movie now. Screenplay <laughs> Howard Hawks. And so everyone knows about this movie. This uh, obviously is that Carpenter kid uh, inspired by. Um, so this is the first time watch for me. Sweet. Never had seen it. And god damn it was awesome. Yes. Oh yeah. I just I don't know like is there like a word count on uh how many words are in movies? Like this one's the up dialogue. there. <laughs> this, was, this was like some of the best like choreographed uh dialogue fast well, so, paced amazingness. Yeah, like this is like <sighs> like Tarantino and Kevin Smith are jerking off to this shit. Exactly. For like, real. They're so clever, back and forth, back and forth, and but it doesn't feel Three, like four or five characters well, are just going. Yeah. Well, it. Yeah. Well, it, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was just gonna say it doesn't feel like your your typical fifties dialogue either, where it where yeah. back in the fifties and and before it was it felt more stage play. It was like. I have my line, which is a cue for your line. The people no, are so literally talking over so, each yeah. other like Jason and I are doing right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. And, uh, you know, yeah. watching it, I'm like, this sort of feels like Hateful Eight. But I know Hateful Eight was hugely inspired by Carpenter's The Thing, which was obviously, you know, inspires this or inspired yeah. by this. And it's like... But, like, when that reporter walks in the room from outside and he starts going, like, right away, I love him. Yeah. Because uh, he's sort of the funny one. He's joking. He's busting balls oh, right yeah. when he walks in. They're playing cards. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> these guys. And then there's actually a woman in this one, and she's awesome, too. She keeps them right up with them, and she's awesome, right. too. Yeah. And, and this is weird because it's like... I feel like I've seen this, but clearly yep. I haven't sat down yep. and watched it. But God, when that movie opens, I've watched Halloween so many times <laughs> that uh -huh. they're watching the beginning of this in Halloween. Da -dun, da -dun, da -dun, da -dun, <laughs> yeah. The RKO Productions, that screen is like melted in my brain. Uh, you know, and then the, the music goes from like upbeat to the thing, you know, and it's, it's so cool, man. Like what a great film. Another thing I like about it, um, in comparison to other, um, you know, sci-fi horror film, alien films from that era, is that uh, the the alien is truly menacing looking in this. Mm. But they 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 play on the strengths, I believe, of the actor instead of something being overly designed creature to the point of being cartoonish like you would see in most yep, yep. uh so like the brain that wouldn't die it was just all makeup and yeah yeah so um yeah look uh the look of the of the creature is is awesome it's just it's just perfect you know just enough just enough to be like this is not human but not way over the top and then just really relying on the performance of that actor just james arness 
just filling the doorway when he comes comes yeah. bursting through and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, this was a first time watch for me and Wow, cool. Uh, yeah, it I mean, you know that Carpenter's movie is you know it's in it's it's the same movie but it's different. He kept the freaking opening. It's the thing. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you didn't even change it. Your movie's <laughs> the thing too. What the hell? And uh, it, it reminds me how lucky we are that we get to go through these phases. We get to go back and watch these movies. It's so clean. It sounds good. It looks good. It's well acted. It's just like this work of art in this time capsule. And we can go to the... 70s and look at like Suspiria the Italian movie and the colors and we love that and we can go to the 80s and look at any number of trashy films but they have that 80s look to them and it's something that I think we've all talked about maybe in the chat before and I know Joe Bob Briggs has talked about it how films nowadays don't have that look and they lack that acting and they like you were saying it's almost like it's a stage play, and these actors have worked together for years crafting this movie or this play, and they just know each other so well. You know, they've lived together every night after night after night of this movie, and they just have it down so well. And these guys were probably together, what, for a couple months making this movie? You know, like... So I enjoyed I I would go back and watch it again and it's one of those I can put on and my 4-year-old can watch it with me and Absolutely. I I don't have any reason to hide her eyes or there's no curse words that I remember in the movie and the probably the worst part about it is there's somebody smoking if that bothers you I mean well there's a you know it doesn't quite match the dog scene in Carpenters, but the dog scene in this yeah, is impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Ted. It's, you know, at least I could tell it was, you know, well, I hope it was just like a stuffed dog, but yeah, it still has a punch. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like, you know, not to get into this whole remake thing, like, people always go, you know, remakes suck, well, what about the thing? You know, people always bring that up, and it's like, you think about it, like, you know, 50s, 70, 30 years later, it's not like, you know, for the advancement of film obviously progressed so much quicker between 50 and 80 and 80s and now, but, like, you know, they made, what, 2011, so uh, when they did the thing prequel, like, I'm just thinking of, like, you know, how things have moved technology-wise and stuff, but it's like, it doesn't feel like it has similar beats, but to me, this is its own, like, Carpenter's a thing, and this are, they're based on the same story, but they're not, it's not a remake of the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I I feel like uh, I'm totally blanking on the name of the short story that this was based on. Uh, Here, something comes, I forget. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I feel like uh, uh, John Carpenter's is is based more towards the short story than than this actual film, um, but uh, it, the thing is the thing is um, you know, like with jo- with Carpenter's film. You you mentioned earlier about how like you know people fear change and whatnot, and you know, people dumping on like you know, current remakes or whatever, or, you know, new versions of the, of an old thing. 
and you know those same people who probably love John Carpenter's movie. Um, keeping in mind when Carpenter's movie came out, it was a bomb, and he got attacked. It fucking by ruined his career. Sci-fi and horror fans because they said it's, n- it's nothing like the original. So there you go. Who goes there is what it was called. There, that's it. Yeah, who goes there? Which is fucking cool. Like we need that. I want that as a title. That's fucking cool and scary. Yeah, that's a great title. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like the monsters were completely different. I mean, you have in Carpenter's the thing. It's just this creature that morphs into humans and disfigures people. And this one, it was a an alien that when damaged, you know, it like shot out pumpkin seeds. It looked like, <laughs> and a uh, it grows like plants you plant them and it starts to grow other aliens and uh again in this one i feel like the scientist was like no oh we need to save this creature it's important to you know discovery and in the carpenter thing they're all just like we're fucked we're all fucked we're all gonna yeah. die you know we're just there's no well, saving anybody not at first though and carpenter's the thing they are like right away immediately they're cautious but they're also like you know what is this thing we should like get it back to the base figured out and then it, it, there's no there's no mystery there that thing fucking goes at their dogs right away so then they're like fuck this thing but uh there's like a very slight glimmer of hope that they can you know at, at, with this one right up to the end when it's when it's coming down and they're gonna electrocute the thing the the scientists are still going at him going you know we're we're he, we mean peace. We want to communicate. Blah blah blah. And then he smacks that bitch like thirty yards. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: like they 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 were talking about like we mean peace and everything like that. But who attacked who first? Like yeah yeah. The creature did nothing to these people for like its first fifteen fifteen minutes or so of it being in the film. It like, was the on worst its own. It did it fought it fought dogs. And who's to say the dogs didn't attack him first right so uh you know like after he thaws out and the creature is standing upright that guy just starts shooting at him and runs away so like you know who who's the bigger threat here uh but what i wanted to say too is like both movies play really well with the whole like isolation themes and um the and claustrophobic themes you know and carpenter takes it a step further with like can't trust anybody um but i I feel like other than the setting i feel like some of those general themes are consistent in both films when the dude shoots at him and he runs into the room and he's telling the everybody about the creature and the guy i'm waiting for the guy to slap him but he throws a cup of water in his face i'm just like what the <laughs> fuck is this it's like i've laughed out loud <laughs> calm down have some water <laughs> all right uh tad what trivia do you have for this one there's like a, a metric ton of trivia for this but uh i, I thought some of the f- interesting stuff uh close-ups of the thing were removed they were shot but they were removed hmm. because it felt that the makeup could not hold up to close scrutiny, but uh, the lack of close-ups, I think, actually make the creature more yeah. mysterious and, and creepy. Um, and he doesn't even appear until one hour, ten minutes into this film. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah, we sort of, like, they're digging, trying to get him out from under the ice. Like, there's all this sort of 
he's there, but he's, he's not there, seen, but he's yeah. yeah, he's not seen. So it makes it really impactful when he finally does. Uh, it's kind of that uh, Alfred Hitchcock, um, 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 you know, bomb ticking clock theory, right? Like we all know that um, the bad presence is there, but it doesn't do anything forever because it's just thawing for you know the first half of the movie. Right. Uh, originally, it was tended to make the creature. Uh, a shapeshifter, as in the story, but the limited budget forced the filmmakers to drop that idea. Early conceptual sketches depict a very plant-like-looking creature with one of its limbs seemingly unge- undergoing a transformation into a human hand. Uh, so when they remake this again in a few years, they can uh, <laughs> do the more Groot version of him. Uh the famous scene where the crew formed a ring around the flying saucer frozen in the ice was actually filmed at RKO Ranch in San Fernando Valley, um, and it was 100 degrees outside. Holy crap. Wow. Uh, Yuck. But that's Being like the, the... Winter gear? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the like scenes that I, is like embedded in my head, and I, like I said, I'd never seen it, but I remember that. I think that scene's in Halloween also. They go back and Lindsay's, or Tommy's watching it, and... Uh, they're circling around. They're like, this thing, you know, it's, it's funny that they all stand around and they're like, wow, this is big. Like you couldn't tell by just looking at it. You have to stand in a circle. <laughs> right, wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then of course it's so, again, sort of very relevant to our times where it's like, uh, what do we do with it? I don't know. Blow it up. That would be our reaction now <laughs> yep, too. Yep. Like, <laughs> I don't know, throw dynamite at it. And then the, the, the dialogue is so funny. It's like, you, we just destroyed, you know, the biggest, a discovery in, in Earth's history. You know? I know, scientist guy was super annoying, but I, I mean, half the things he, he right. said, I was like, he was totally right on all these yeah. things. But, <laughs> yeah. But he must be destroyed too. Yeah, yeah. But man, cool, cool look back in history. I'm so glad I finally like sat and watched it front to, to back. I, I hope, yeah. is this in the Criterion Collection? You'd think so. I thought it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. The way it started, it I thought be. it was going to have that logo pop up, but the, it, the yeah. Criterion or the yeah. Janus films, yeah, yeah, something cool. But uh, I, I'm now I I got to go on the search for a, a physical copy a of this. Of so. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So cool. So cool. Just to have. We live in a cool world where we have uh, two and a half great versions of the thing. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Like the I'm a defender of this was good. Come on. Oh wait. I, I'm a defender of the prequel too, but uh, Universal it. really fucked up by yeah, putting the CGI over the practical effects. If yeah. they yeah. would have stuck practical, like we've seen on those behind the scene videos, uh, we oh, might man. have another masterpiece on our hands. But studios. Yep. Stupid studios. I thought by two and a half. I thought you meant the half of the movie that's in fucking Halloween. Oh. Uh. <laughs> okay, three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you again for some trivia. Brian, what's our next film we're going to talk about? Uh, the Borrower from 1991. Thanks to Warlock and Hellraiser, the horror genre is hot again. Isn't that something? Now, from the critically acclaimed director of Henry, portrait of a serial killer, comes The Borrower, a new kind of horror film. There ain't nobody gonna believe this. An alien serial killer from another universe comes to Earth. Who are we? We're the 
the monster. And Ray Don Chong is the detective who must find him. Oh, my God. Not since Reanimator has there been such a movie. The Borrower, the ultimate head trip. Kind of cute. Kind of. John McNaughton's The Borrower. An alien is banished from his planet and sentenced to live on Earth in human form. There's one problem with his disguise, though. Every so often, his human head explodes, revealing his true identity. This leaves the alien with no choice but to intermittently pop off the heads of people and use them until it's time for a replacement. Meanwhile, officers Diana and Charles begin to trace the trail of headless bodies back to their extraterrestrial source. 1991, directed by John McNaughton. I didn't know he did Henry Portrait. Uh, what? Yep. What? This is I mean, nothing like that. What the <laughs> fuck? That trailer was very, full of buzzwords, wasn't it? Very, yeah. similar, very similar tones. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the best they could come up with was Warlock. Really? Right. That's hey, the best. I love Warlock a lot. <laughs> I mean, I get Hellraiser, but yeah, Warlock, I just, really? I just wanted to thank Hellraiser and Warlock for bringing horror back. I really appreciate <laughs> it. What? <laughs> I mean, distributed by the Canon Group. I mean, there I'll you go. Go figure. Yeah. I had fun with this sense. movie. I mean, it's to me it's a a horror black comedy, you know, like a it's I had fun. I laughed a lot. It was interesting. Me too. I mean, yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. Yeah, a little. Um, can we can we uh, reveal a secret behind the curtains? <laughs> um, originally on the list, we had the faculty, and then we re- remembered Jason. Thankfully, remembered that yeah. we did that for back to school. Um, so Mike threw this one on there, and I knew nothing about it. He sent us a YouTube link because it's so good that <laughs> it can be uploaded to YouTube, and no one will, uh, you know, put a copyright claim on it because no one wants times. to. Cl- no one wants to claim they own this. Um, I was not expecting to enjoy it at all. I'm like, I hate '90s horror. It's the borrower. It the opening scene. I'm like, this looks so bad. God damn it, Mike! Like, nope. you trade no. you traded the faculty for the saying, and then I start watching it, and I'm laughing my ass off. This is the yep. beginning. The beginning that the the first body he takes over. That actor, I don't know who he is. Tom Towles. That was okay. That's Tom Towles. Okay, yep. yeah, fucking awesome. It was hilarious. I, I loved yeah. it. It was such a different. I mean, to go from the 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 thing to this what a drastic uh <laughs> this this whole episode's a goddamn roller coaster mike thank yep. you thank you for You're this welcome. what a fun episode uh, yeah um tom towels makes this movie to me he he you know it kind of i kind of lose a little bit of interest i mean i'm still all in but once he's gone it's like he, yeah his performance is uh, as this like fish out of water alien who understands nothing of human culture or anything uh is so freaking funny uh, oh it, god in the car with the girl and he's putting on the sunglasses and yeah. she just is so oblivious to everything <laughs> like pulls out the gun and she's like oh i keep that in case there's creeps in my car or something it's <laughs> so funny <laughs> he's walking around with the sunglasses it's, it's like weekend at bernie style funny oh very much so yeah that's a great comparison <laughs> 
<laughs> he's eating at the soup kitchen and the guy puts the rat in there. Oh, and he Jesus. Just eats he the eats rat. the whole rat. Yeah. So good, dude. It's so I was like, why am I laughing so hard at the stupid movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced it's supposed to be more comedy than, than oh, horror. I, I hope so. If not, yeah. kudos to him for unintentional humor. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's great. So good. He's, he is the best part of this. Yeah. Because uh, for me, overall, the story definitely feels a bit weak. Uh, kind of feels like there's two stories going on, and they're both just a day in the life kind of stories, right? Like with nothing really happening other than an alien going around swapping heads, and then a very unconvincing cop played by Ray Dong Chong uh, doing her thing. And they don't. The two stories don't even connect. I mean, yeah, they're they're following the mystery of these you know, headless bodies, um, but th- they don't connect any, they don't put anything together and track this guy down until the very, very end that the, the two stories even come together in the last 10, 15 minutes. Is, is she the chick from Commando? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, Fuck yes. Tommy she's Chong's, a- uh, daughter. Oh my God. She's awesome. I love her in that. I love her in this. I'm so sad. Andy, Andy, if you're listening, uh, can we just like, bring you on and talk this would be andy's favorite he would love this <laughs> yeah. stupid you know shit no he would now, yeah i, I want to say too yes i love ray dong chong a lot too i've always enjoyed everything that she's in but uh and i'm pretty sure you um you'll probably bring this up in your trivia but uh uh she's really just kind of phoning this performance in. oh it she's hardly not, shows at it's all not good yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah as much as i love her she's the weakest link of this film yeah oh yeah they, it, they picked the strongest actors to be interchangeable in this movie because like I, you said the the original guy that he takes over the body great actor and then is it julius the I guy that's later on that's yeah. the alcoholic the homeless guy yeah he takes over his body at one point and i thought he was great and then he did great the doc yeah the doctor then was kind of the weak link of those three but uh those were like the three best performances in the movie you know the police were I got lost in that whole story. They're chasing this other killer. Yeah. yeah. I think. I mean, I, yeah. I kind of was missing that. I was trying to pay more attention to the <laughs> alien, but it's kind of when the alien's not on screen, no matter who is in the who the performer is, when the alien's not on screen, everything else is just kind of white noise. Yeah. And I can't imagine they took this seriously. If you You can't couldn't have been. The part where he's walking through the hospital and it's like he's looking for another body and it's like the first person is dead. The second person they're doing like shocking for CPR. <laughs> the third person has like no legs, is in a wheelchair. And then he walks in on the doctor and the lady, the nurse having sex. I'm like, there's no way this is a, they are taking this seriously. <laughs> there's no way. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's one problem that, uh, with the movie, there's one kind of flub that I think they kind of screwed up on in the script. Because it's, it's blatantly obvious, right, throughout this whole movie, the alien has no concept of anything of life on Earth. Like, he doesn't understand even the basics of eating. But when he's in the doctor's body, it cuts to a scene where he's at home. Like, how did the alien know where to go, how to get there? Uh you know, and even that—that that was the doctor's home. Yeah. Well, and he—he he knows how to drive a car, 
and start yeah. a car. Yeah. And that, you know, Amir, because he's looking at himself with the sunglasses on. Um, yeah, it was. There was some stuff that didn't make sense. Yeah, but. That, 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 that moment there in particular. Yeah. But then you get a cool scene where he puts on a dog's head. So then <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh. Now, did you all. I, I don't know what's in trivia, but did you all catch the Garbage Pail Kids? On TV, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, oh, yeah. I know is is it Tad and Jason are big Twin Peaks fans. Andy, yeah. Andy I mean, I and like Tad, it too, but yeah, but hardcore. did you did you catch the groupie from the band? Oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. She's in. She's a one of the actresses from Twin Peaks. I can't begin to which that pronounce band her name was so i mean come on this is a comedy they knew yeah. that they were doing you know he's singing a song like she's recording it yeah and then and then they're watching it back and it's like man those lyrics like that's brutal he's talking about like what's killing his parents or something yeah <laughs> it's it's very i mean it has to be comedy if not holy shit but yeah and he's like you look like shit no you look like shit i look good it's oh, like oh yeah. lord I'd have to say we wouldn't be questioning the comedy if it came from any other director than the director of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And, like, this was his follow-up to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, if if I remember his IMDb correctly. It's the Tom Towels. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that I had as much fun as you guys did. But, like, I mean, I was with it from the beginning, and then it was obviously bad. I liked the insect alien, and I liked Mm -hmm. the way he talks. That's fun. And he got shot, and that sucked. And anyway, um, I was with the whole movie until he put on the Hawaiian shirt in the back alley with the drug homeless guy. I was just like, I can't. I just can't. I just can't anymore. (laughs) Why? And then, like, well, and then, like you guys are saying this, I wished it was more intentional. I mean, I think it just uh, wasn't obvious enough of a comedy. Like, it didn't just lean into what it is like it was too serious too often i don't know like it wasn't if this was like an actual comedy i think i would have been it would have been easier you know if they really leaned into it i mean maybe you make it sound like it was obvious but are you saying that say okay is it's the motivation of everybody around this alien that seems weird and off because yeah like the girl picks him up he's covered in blood he's acting really weird and she's oblivious to it and then he meets the 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 homeless guy and they become best friends even though he's still being extremely weird and never talks you know eating rats and then spits the rat out in the guy's face that put the rat in the soup and then the next scene all three of them are hanging out drinking drinking booze so is is that kind of part of it you think yes absolutely okay oh it's mate Amick. oh man i was such a crush on her that's the twin peaks girl oh, yes yeah. oh yeah. my goodness so it was cool I mean, to see her in this movie but yeah maybe. i mean the the in uh, like any time there was gore or exploding heads or any any of that stuff i'm like all right this it's cool. Yeah, it brings you back in. Yeah, it? absolutely. You know who did the effects? Who? Kevin Yeager. Oh, I did know that from the credits. When I Maybe watched. this was just a regular uh, Friday night in Los Angeles in the early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. 
<laughs> it's possible. Nothing it's possible. weird here. Yeah. It's on YouTube where you find all the good but, movies. Yeah, but double check which version oh, you yeah. watch because I had to send two links. The first link, the audio was like echoey through the whole thing, Ew. and it was very very painful to watch and i'm like the guys are gonna hate this so luckily i found another one that the audio was way 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 better very lucky yeah so tad what trivia do you have for uh, this one well you um alluded to it a little bit earlier but ray don chong badmouthed the film saying it had the worst script she's ever performed <laughs> uh director john mcnaughton's response in a 1990 cinema t- cinema fantastic interview replied it was a nightmare working with her she didn't belong in a little two million dollar movie i mean she wants to be sigourney weaver she's worked in big budget films before so why did she do this movie uh we asked her why and she did the movie and she said because she needed the money uh and then no surprise originally produced by atlantic entertainment group for a 1988 release the distributors closing led the film to spend three years on the shelf before finally being released by Canon in 1981. Uh, as soon as Vestron backed out, Atlantic picked it up, but it was submitted to the MPAA and given an X certificate, so they just walked out the de- walked out of the deal. We got an R rating and had to cut it five times, but I don't feel the picture was damaged to the point where it was destroyed by any means. Hmm. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So there we have it, folks. That is it for Attack from Space. The invasion is over. The aliens have gone home. Earth is safe once again. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do some segments. But first, you're going to hear from our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The PFPN is home to over 30 different shows you heard how me, right? many Whoa. over 30 including some rando podcast called i like it spooky podcast hmm. your go-to podcast for anything horror related where they always keep it spooky horror movie reviews news and more so check out i like it spooky and all the other shows on the pfpn.com we'll be right back You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show, and now it is time to hear from all of you out there, the listeners. Here's Jason with Shoutouts. It's time for... Shoutouts! 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 Alright, we asked what your favorite Attack from Space horror movies were, and these are your answers. Over in the Facebook group edition, we'll start there tonight. We got Tim Lenerer, he says, Attack the Block. Fuck yes. Which honestly should have been called Defend the Block. (laughs) Uh, But that's the only problem (laughs) I have with it. 
1956 and 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers are amazing mm-hmm. looks at small town and big city paranoia, which are two very different flavors. The 1993 Body Snatchers has its moments, and the premise is a brilliant, sick joke. It takes place on a military base, who's an emotionless drone that follows orders because the alien pods got him, and who's just in the chain of command. And lastly, they live! Which is sort of kind of like the Body Snatchers movie, because the invasion is already well in progress when the protagonist finds out about it. And lastly, he says here, the 2008 anti-vaccine Body Snatchers remake, The Invasion, is both podless and pointless. Ooh. Take that, Nicole Kidman. Oh. Uh, Lisa from the Bad Movie Bunny podcast says, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. Or nope. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. yeah. Up, oh, Tim Lennerer's back. Nope, says, yep. <laughs> yep. I hadn't seen Thanks. Killer Clowns in about 20 years, and then it, uh, it opened B-Fest, and the Howl Horror Invasion the same year still holds up. We got Jacob McLaughlin. He says, several of mine have been named, so I will go with Slither. Yeah. It's thoroughly mm-hmm. disgusting. It makes it, <laughs> it makes a small threat. The slug-like creatures genuinely creepy, especially in large numbers. Still my favorite James Gunn movie. We got Emily Randolph, attacker Emily. She says, The Thing, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Dark Skies, Signs, Hell yeah. Mm, yeah. And Honeymoon. Oh, I don't know Honeymoon. Nope. Uh, we got up next, we got Attacker Rose. She says, Fire in the Sky from 1993. Yeah, it's the abduction scene so creepy. Yeah. I would consider this space horror since it did have to do with an. Alien abduction, and it horrified five-year-old me in the theater. It still freaks me out. Me too. Yep. Uh, we got Attacker Hot Rod Hutchinson says, Killer Clowns is my favorite, but Night of the Creeps is a close second. Mm-hmm. With all of its homages to the horror creatures of the past, thrill me. <laughs> On our Facebook page, we got Brian Clark. Woo. Deadly Spawn rules. Yes. Of course. More love for Deadly Spawn. And he says, Alien 2, Solaterra, uh, which is which totally <laughs> means on Earth, uh, should nearly it should be nearly unwatchable by any reasonable standard, but somehow manages to create an eerie atmosphere despite virtually nothing happening during the entire runtime. <laughs> Bill Redbane's The Alpha Incident is a great Andromeda strain knockoff. Oh yeah. Andromeda strain is pretty neat too. <laughs> Uh, Predator somehow manages to simultaneously be a phenomenal sci-fi horror flick and the best weightlifter with a machine gun action flick ever made. I think he's right. I think so, too. Uh, This post would be longer than the phone book if I listed every one of these things I love. So I'll leave it off with Day of the Triffids, both the 1963 film and the 1981 BBC miniseries are excellent. I've not seen the BBC one. He's all oh, he just loves those triffids. Yeah. And then we got one, nothing on Twitter, but over on Instagram. Hey, it's the Reebster. Old Reebster. school video underscore ink. He says, Mike says, so many to choose from. The thing. Both versions. That's right. Critters. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invaders from Mars. Both versions. Day of the Triffids. Killer Clowns. And probably 
a hundred more. Hell yeah. Right. Yep. So uh, let's uh, let's check the answer machine over there. Hmm. Mm. There's nothing. That's weird. That is. Well, anyway. So if any of you guys want to leave a voicemail, like uh, we didn't get today. Uh, you can call us at 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. It's that easy. But we're not done yet, folks. we got one more segment left. It's time for Insane's Picks. <laughs> So we do live in a day and age now where it feels like there's a new superhero movie coming out every week. I mean, for crying out loud, Jason had watched two for what we watched. Because <laughs> I'm cool. There are so many superhero movies, but there's only one that is the best of the best, the greatest one of all time. That's right. I'm talking about the 1966 Batman the TV series parody, although the director claims his film came first. That's right. Rat Fink a boo boo. The villainous chain gang are bored and are looking for something to do. So they target C.B. Beaumont, the girlfriend of rock and roll star Lonnie Lord. They harass her, stalk her, and even eventually abduct her. And they hold Beaumont hostage and order Lonnie Lord to pay a very hefty ransom. In order to save his girlfriend, Lord takes on the identity of Ratfink, and his friend Titus Twimble assumes the role of Ratfink's sidekick, Boo Boo. On their rat cycle, the duel eventually managed to track down the chain gang. After a long chase and the resulting confrontation with the gang, Ratfink and Boo Boo rescue Beaumont. However, Beaumont is abducted once again, this time by Kogar the ape, a gorilla that has escaped from the local zoo. So Ratfink and Boo Boo must rescue her again. This film was written and directed by Ray Dennis Steckler, uh, most known for incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. Shot on 16mm on a Bolex camera with no sound. All the dialogue and sound was done in post by Academy Award winner Keith Wester. Obviously, the Academy Award wasn't for this film. The film is definitely made on the fly with obvious, uh, obvious changes in film stock as some scenes are pure black and white and others have a pink hue to them. Uh, there's way too much filler for just a 74-minute film and is shot like a Super 8 family video. But it is still a lot of fun and often really funny, uh, which sure, you know, which... Uh, with great dialogue like, Remember, boo-boo, we only have one weakness. What's that, Ratfink? Bullets. Often the case with a lot of Ray Dennis Steckler films, he starts out by trying to make one movie and, cha and it changes during production to another. He was basically trying to make a straight crime drama, but changed his mind during filming about 40 minutes into the film and turned it into this crazy superhero comedy. You can even tell when the switch happens in the movie. Everything feels pretty straight until about that 40-minute mark when two people come running out of the closet dressed in really bad homemade superhero costumes. The film was originally called Rat Fink and Boo Boo, 
But when the opening credits were made, they forgot to add the N and the D to the word and. So instead of redoing the opening credits, they just renamed the film Rat Fink a Boo Boo. Now, although on the um, Media Blasters DVD release of this film, Ray Dennis Steckler himself denies this by claiming the film was always supposed to be called Rat Fink a Boo Boo. But yeah, I sincerely doubt that. <laughs> Rat Fink a Boo Boo is a. Uh, is very amateurish and often feels very improvisational, not always in a good way, but it is still a lot of fun to watch. And only at 72 minutes, you're not committing a, a ton of time. So I highly recommend checking it out, Rat Fink a Boo Boo. And that is it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening, and a very special thanks Ooh. to our very special guest, Brian Godzilla. Thanks for having me. I will say the movies on this episode were a lot better than the you got lucky one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Where can, we're all, yeah, yeah. Where can people find you out there? Well, I'm all over. I like it. Spooky Horror Podcast. We're on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe. Do it. That's right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Traveling the country. Yeah. <laughs> with this convention thing all over the damn place. <laughs> all right. And you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If it isn't enough, if there is not enough Attack of the Killer podcast in your life, then go to jointheattackers.com and sign up for all those, all those cool, cool goodies. And now it's time for us to climb back into our spaceship and have, head back to our home planet. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Live long and prostate. What? Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> wow. Attack of the Killer Podcast.